There's victory in Jesus, amen. I said there's victory in Jesus, amen. Well, that's more like it. Great resurrection day. Good to see each one of you who have come to be with us in the Lord's house to celebrate again. And we do this every Sunday, don't we? We celebrate a risen Savior. And so today we're glad that you have come. I'm thankful to live in a nation that recognizes a day like today that says you need to give homage to a risen Savior, to a risen King, and that there is victory in Him. And we should be the leaders to let people know, to let our neighbors know that we are still in business for the King, amen, and that we're here and we're here to stay. And so we hope that you will be a part of that team today. We're glad to have guests with us. We welcome you, and we hope that you will get a handshake and howdy-do. Someone said, friendship ain't just shaking hands and saying howdy-do, but it grips a fellow's heart and warms him through and through. And we want you to know that we are honored by your presence here today. <clears throat> and I want to give a special thank you to all of our cooks that cooked our breakfast this morning. And uh, we, they always do a good job, and we appreciate them getting up before the rooster even crowed. And uh, they didn't even get to go hunt their Easter eggs. They had to come up and start cooking our breakfast for us and did a super-duper-duper job. And I appreciate all that good bacon and the eggs and uh, the waffles and all that stuff that we had. They, uh, uh, you know, they always say that the, uh, the eggs makes a contribution, but the hog we get that bacon from he makes a sacrifice <laughs> and so we uh, we appreciate them too i guess amen and so we uh, uh you know i'm at the age now I, I, they let me hide my own easter eggs because i can't remember where i where i hit them and we did have a good time uh last saturday at the easter egg hunt appreciate all those that had made an effort uh, to do that all right, here we are in 1 Corinthians 15. We're going to talk about the good news of the gospel. The good news of the gospel. Uh, when we think of the gospel, we use that word, the gospel truth. If I were to ask you today, what is the gospel? You, would, uh, you might say, if you don't know better, that there's four of them. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, that would not be a correct answer, but there is only one uh, gospel, and that's the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that is the good news. And Paul said he had a gospel, but his gospel was the same as the gospel that he wrote about in chapter 15 in the first four verses. Moreover, brethren, I declared unto you the gospel, the gospel. What did you preach to them, Paul, if you delivered unto them the gospel. He said, well, I delivered them which I have preached unto you, which are all, you've also received and whereby you stand, which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you believed in vain. You maybe have just had a head belief. For I delivered unto you first. What is the first part? There's three tenets to the gospel. First of all, that which I received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. And so the first tenet of the gospel 
is the death of Jesus Christ according to the scriptures, which were the Old Testament prophecies, of course. And then the second tenet, it comes, as he says, and that he was buried. He was buried. He, we know that he was buried in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. They volunteered to give Jesus a tomb to be buried in. That's the second tenet. And the third one was, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And so here we find the third tenet, the resurrection. First tenet, the death of Jesus Christ according to the scriptures. The second, that he was buried. And the third, that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And so as we think about the good news of the gospel, I want to say, first of all, that there is a death to defeat, there is a victory to win, and a message to proclaim. You can catch all three of those. You've got today's sermon, but, but stay awake. There's more to come. This is Resurrection Sunday. So act like you're resurrected and understand that there is a death to defeat. A death to defeat. Death is an appointment that we all must keep. We don't like to talk about that. I know my mother, anytime we brought up the subject of death, she would say, change the subject. I don't want to talk about it. Well, you, you might not want to talk about it. You may not want to think about it. But the Bible is clear when it says that we have an appointment with it. For it is appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. And, and, and death may not scare or concern you, but I want you to know judgment ought to scare the daylights out of you. And so today, it's a fearful thing. The Bible says that Jesus tested, tasted death for all of us. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. I'm glad to tell you today that the death that Jesus died on Calvary's cross was for you and, if, and for me. And if you had never been born, I believe Jesus would have died for me. Now, death for the Christian is very unique. And I like that thought. I, I, I mention this many times when I do funerals. It's different the way that we think about death than the unbeliever thinks about death. The way we think about death is this, is that we're not living in the land of the living, headed for the land of the dying, but we are living in the land of the dying, headed for the land of the living. Amen. When you die, you're going to be more alive than ever. Did you know that? As I taught this morning in our early service, if you missed that, well, you missed, missed some good preaching. Did you? I mean, some good singing. And, uh, but uh, I mentioned the fact that we, we, we will all die. And when we die, we'll, our bodies will separate. There'll be a separation from the uh, body and the spirit. And the spirit will go into its eternal home, and the body will go back to the dust of the earth. You can either, if you do cremation, you do the express route, amen? If you go the old-fashioned way, then you'll go the slow route. And so, nevertheless, and that's not a, you know, it's not an advertisement for cremation. Uh, you know, I don't want to be burned myself. Uh, you know, that's why I got saved. I didn't want to be burned. And so, there, uh, there, so anyhow, uh, death for the Christian is very you. 
technique. We believe that death is a promotion, amen? We, on, on Fridays, we have our, our prayer team that meets, and when someone we've been praying for dies, we write, promoted. If they know the Lord, we know that they are in a better place. They're having a good time kicking up gold dust on the golden streets of glory, and we would never want to call them back, and they wouldn't want to come back. Because they're better off for us. We weep, but we weep for ourselves. You know, <laughs> we ought to be weeping for ourselves. They ought to be weeping for us because we've got left behind. But there's no tears in heaven. And so there is a death to defeat. I'm glad to tell you today that Jesus conquered death. If Jesus could not help himself in the hour of death, why would we think that he could help us? But the truth of the matter is that he overcame death. He fought death. And because he lives, we shall live also. Number two, there's a victory to win. There is a victory when we sing about victory in Jesus. There are prophecies that had to be fulfilled in the Old Testament. Jesus made prophecies himself. He said, I will die i will be buried and three days i will rise again huh that's quite a statement isn't it jimmy for somebody to say you never seen anybody do this before you know and the disciples might have said oh yeah we'll be there watch that happen <laughs> but you know what just as sure as night follows day that those prophecies were fulfilled and that's one reason I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, is because he kept his promise. Today we hear a lot of promises made, but a lot of promises not kept, right? Amen. I heard we got a guy sold this lady some Venetian blinds. Those are quite expensive nowadays. And they called her up and said, we've not received a payment for all these Venetian blinds. She said, well, you, you told me that they would pay for themselves in a year. <laughs> all kinds of promises when you buy, when people sell you stuff. Jesus kept his promise and he fulfilled it. And there was a process to that fulfilling. The process was simple that Jesus had to die according to the scriptures, and that's exactly what he did. He died as a lamb of God, prophesied that he would be like a lamb before shear, so open he not his mouth. He died in silence. He could have called the angels from the very battlements of heaven to come and to save him and to take Pilate and his whole army and knock them off into the very bowels of hell, but he didn't do that suffered in silence for you and for me and he was buried he didn't have a tomb he didn't have a graveyard they didn't have cremation back then as we know it I guess they could have burned him and maybe they would have but he was prophesied that he was going to be buried he said he'd be buried and God raised up a fellow by the name of Joseph of Arimathea who was a secret disciple but I'll tell you what when he knew that Jesus was risen he came out of his secrecy and he went and he demanded the body of his Lord. Courage washed over him. 
And he was ready to do whatever God wanted to do. And he gave him his own. He was a rich man. He gave him his tomb. A lot of people say, well, Jesus, you know, he had a borrowed tomb. Well, he only needed it for the weekend. Amen. And so we understand that. It was a borrowed tomb. But it was a tomb that Jesus said he would be buried. And he was. And then he would rise again. Wow, that's the test of the pudding, isn't it, right there? (laughs) Would he rise from the grave three days and three nights? happened just as jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the fish even so would the son of man be in the heart of the earth jesus said that that was one of the prophecies that had to be fulfilled that he would rise again in three days and three nights he told the old pharisees he said tear this uh, building down talking about the temple tear it down and three days i will build it back and they said, now it took a long time to build this temple. But John said he knew that he was talking about his body. And he would rise again. A bodily resurrection. A bodily resurrection. That's what we believe in as Baptists. We believe that Jesus rose bodily. And so we find the prophecies. And then there was the proof. We flip over to the book of Mark. We've been kind of trafficking through the book of Mark. And we find this incident, Mark chapter 16, and in verse 5. It says, entering into the sepulcher, these ladies saw this young man sitting at the right hand, clothed in white garment, shining white garment, and they were affrightened. Well, that kind of scared the daylights out of me too. There's something about going to the cemetery that causes you a little bit, a little bit eerie, right? Probably because all the spook shows that we've seen on TV and in the movie house, going into a tomb like that, and all of a sudden there's this guy sitting there. I don't know what he was, what he, what their minds were, or what they were thinking as they go in and they see this guy, but he's in this shining white garment, which tells me that more than likely this is an angel, and he's sitting there, and they were. <laughs> It says they were frightened. They, they were scared. And I can't, I can't throw any stones at them. I, I would have been scared also. But here in Mark, we find not only is there this surprise, but there is an announcement comes out of the lips of this fellow. And he said unto them, be not frightened. That's usually what an angel says when they, when they talk, right? I, I, I tell people that say, well, I saw an angel. No, you didn't. It scared daylights out of you if you saw an angel. It scared them. So be not afraid. And you seek Jesus, which was crucified. Good news. He is risen. He's not here. Behold the place where they laid him. In Texas language, if you didn't catch all that. He said, ain't here. He's gone. And I tell you what, I've had the privilege of going into that tomb. And I concur, he ain't there. He's gone. If you find the body of Jesus Christ, Christianity crumbles. And people have tried to disprove the Bible by disproving the resurrection. Years ago, the fellow by the name of Frank Morrison 
wrote a book, Who Moved the Stone? You know what happened when this man did that? <laughs> he became a Christian. I think of Josh McDowell. Here was a guy that, um, intelligent dude. He tried to disprove the Bible by disproving the resurrection. You know what happened to him? He became a Christian. <laughs> and there was another guy, I can't think of his name out of hand. Uh, he was an investigative reporter. Wrote uh, Lee Strobel, that's his name. He was definitely going to disprove it. You know what happened to him? Became a Christian. And so today, I Josh McDowell said, I wish more people would try to disprove the resurrection. Because if they would delve into it, they would say what the angel said. He is not here. He is not here. And so today, do you need some good news? Remember years ago, if you're old enough, remember I, I had my own Easter eggs. But you might not be old enough to remember this. But there was a, a singer by the name of Ann Murray. And she wrote a song. Is there any good news today? You need some good news today? There's all kinds of bad news out there. We need some good news. I'm here to tell you today, there is good news today, and that is that Jesus is gone from the grave. That's not only good news, that's the best great news I can give you today. I serve a risen Savior. He is in the world today. Not only is Jesus risen, my friend, he's still alive. Amen. And so there's a victory to win, and Jesus won it. That's why we sing there's victory in Jesus. Number three, there's a message to proclaim. We go down to verse 7. He says, go and tell. He said, this angel said to him, but go your way and tell his disciples. And Peter, the old boy that had denied the Lord, the, the biggest blabbermouth that they had, go tell him. That he goeth before you into Galilee, and ye shall see him as he said unto you. Go and tell. <laughs> well, I tell you what, today we have a mandate to go and tell. In Acts 1 8 tells us that we, after we have received power, that we would, that the Holy Ghost would come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria to the uttermost part of the earth. What is a witness? A witness is someone that tells the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, right? And we are to tell the truth. And the truth of the matter is, is that Jesus died on a Roman cross. He was buried, and the third day he rose again to live forevermore. But there's a reluctance to tell. We see that in the scripture in verse 8. It says that they went out quickly. These ladies went out quickly and fled from the sepulcher. That's the grave. When I was in seminary, the teacher asked, what's a sepulcher? And, and one guy said, a big bird, <laughs> a sea poker. Wrong. But it says they trembled and they were amazed. Neither said they anything to any man for why they were afraid. Why were they afraid? Well, if they went and told the number one, they might think, you're crazy. And, don't, and today, we go and tell people, what do they think? We're crazy. 
or maybe we just think they'll think that we're crazy and so we don't tell anybody oh me but you know what thousands of people didn't think that they were crazy because they trusted jesus as their own savior they all don't have bats in the belfry there's some truth to this and thousands of people thousands of people believe the the record or maybe they thought they won't believe me <laughs> they won't believe us that's like we had some kind of a dream or something surely it's not true people don't go get killed get buried and rise again three days later don't happen but there is a message to tell but the fear they finally overcame the fear it says and down in uh, in matthew's account chapter 28 verse 8 uh, through 10 it says and they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples word and they that went to tell his disciples behold jesus met them saying all hell <laughs> and they came and they held him in his feet and worshiped him and so this courage washed over them as jesus met them along the way you know when we need courage we were going to tell somebody a lot of people say well you know i'd go tell someone about jesus if i get the courage listen you don't need the courage till you get there if you'll go he'll provide the courage say how you know well i've had that too many times scared to death one knee looked to the other and said let's shake and they would many times i just chickened out but when i did go god blessed it and gave me a courage sometimes to the point i can't even shut up so there's a message for us to proclaim today. Conclusion. I know you like this word. The good news is about Jesus Christ. Pilate could not keep him. Death could not defeat him. The grave could not hold him. And Jesus said that he would die. And he did. Jesus said that he would be buried. And he was. Jesus said that he would rise again, and he did. And good news, Jesus said he will come again, and he will. Amen. He will, just as sure as he came the first time according to promise. He'll come again. But because the tomb is empty, we have good news about death for the believer. And that good news is, is to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That when we say goodbye to a believer, we know that their body is here waiting the resurrection, but their spirit is with the Lord. And that brings great assurance and comfort to the heart of a grieving soul. I know I'll see them again. People ask me, do you think we'll know each other in heaven? And I tell them, I sure do. I hope to have more sense up there than I got down here. And if I can know you here, I, I think I'll be able to know you there. The Bible says we'll sit down and we'll fellowship with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And I ain't never even met them dudes, but I'll know who they are. On the Mount of Transfiguration, they knew who Moses and Elijah were. I believe we'll know each other. And that brings great comfort. And that's only available because we are a believer in Jesus Christ. And then because Jesus is risen, 
we have hope in a bodily resurrection. A bodily resurrection. One of these days he will come with a shout and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Rise first. And then because the good news has been spared, spread, there is hope for the unbeliever. It's an anchor for their souls. If you're not prepared to die, then you're not ready to live. And once you get that settled once and for all and forever, you can live with joy and enthusiasm and assurance that this life is just temporary. I'm just passing through. Because Jesus is alive today, sinners can be saved, and thousands of them have been saved. The Bible says now is the time to be saved. And the, more, the longer you put it off, the harder it is. The easier it gets to say no, the harder it is to say yes. Because we can't, can't sit in our ways. And so God's given us this life to prepare for the hour of death. I read a story the other day about this, uh, this dad. And he was down on his knees beside his little girl's bed. And they were saying their nighttime prayers. And she, she prayed this. And now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to take. If I should wake before I die. I pray, oh, Daddy, she said, I messed up. He put his arm around her, and he said this. He said, no, honey, you're right. We all need to wake up before we die. And we need to wake up, and we need to see Jesus dying on the cross, shedding his blood, bearing our sin. We need to see him in a vacant tomb that he has gone and left vacant, and we need to see him as the risen Savior, as he had promised. You see, the bad news about us is answered by the good news about Jesus. The good news about Jesus. We need to wake up. We need to receive Christ. Then we need to go tell him. Would you stand with me? Father, we thank you today for your word. It's rich and real. Pray that you would take it and that you would speak to our hearts with it. May each one who has placed their faith and trust in Jesus today have a greater excitement, a greater zeal, because we know we serve a risen Savior. Perhaps there are those, Lord, that have been reluctant to go and to tell, as you have commanded us to do. Help us, Lord, that we might be more obedient to that call. And I pray, Father, today, if there be one amongst us that's lost, that's never trusted Jesus, that today would be the day that they would give him permission to do what he does best in forgiving sin and writing our name in the book of life forever. For those who may have grown cold and drifted away, those, Lord, perhaps are not involved, that they would get that way today. Make that commitment. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity to come and preach your word. May you bless it to those that are here and to those who are viewing us today. I pray that you would speak to their hearts. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.